Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks again for joining us on Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Today's guest is a third-generation entrepreneur, a number one best-selling author, CEO and founder of Utopia Spa and Global Wellness, otherwise known as USGW. And USGW provides on-demand holistic multicultural wellness luxury spa experiences, and global retreats. She was named one of 50 CEOs to receive Google's Black Founders Fund Award in North America and CNBC's Rising Women Africa in 2021. Her client list includes the NFL Super Bowl, the Olympic Trials, Google, Microsoft, Red Hat, the Ritz-Carlton, the International Monetary Fund, ESPN, and others. She believes Utopia Living is giving and serves on the advisory boards for the Daniel Center of Math and Science and the Women Boss in the Gambia in West Africa. She speaks at various colleges and universities, and she's a woman of faith that loves global travel, beautiful beaches, music, and family in her spare time. Please welcome Naya F. Powell. Hi, Naya. Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for having me. Now, there's there's a lot here that we, we just read in your bio, and it looks like you get around a bit. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I try. Well, why, why a health spa? What got you into this idea of a utopian health spa? Yeah. So it's really, um, we've evolved, you know, we've evolved quite a bit. So now we are a virtual platform to deliver multicultural wellness on demand, but we started as Utopia Spa. Now we're Utopia Spa and Global Wellness. And I always like to share that I'm definitely a product of my upbringing and my environment. And so I am a third generation entrepreneur, as you shared, and the influences of my parents have really shaped me quite a bit and my passions and how I see the world. And so a few things, my father has always been very health conscious, marathon runner most of my life healthy eater, looking at labels. So I grew up kind of with that level of awareness of what Mm. we're putting into our bodies, what we're doing with our bodies directly impacts our health outcomes. So in fact, 80 to 90% of death in actual disease is caused by stress. And there's lots of different levels and types of stress, um, like the pandemic, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more and mental and physical and all the things. And then my mom actually achieved the highest ranking position in Mary Kay as a national sales director for Virginia, she is, she, to this day, she's still the only black woman to achieve that status. So, you know, you kind of blend entrepreneurship, health, wellness, beauty in a bowl, you get me. And so, um, so that's what I always say. And, and working as a, being a founder, growing up in an entrepreneurial household and also working in corporate America, one thing that I, I saw at home that I've lived as a founder and I've lived and I've witnessed in a corporate environment is the stress levels here in America are unrelenting. The pace in which we go, the burnout, we're all dealing with it. And now dealing with a global pandemic, 
all of those numbers are exasperated and we're literally in a global stress epidemic. And we thought it was bad before, but we were just doing the normal grind and go and work. And and so the need for work-life integration has just really gone through the roof because we're dealing now with extreme levels of anxiety and burnout and all of these things. So my vision has evolved as the world has changed over the last almost two years. And so we went from providing more spa services on demand at our clients' location, corporate corporations and events, to now leveraging technology in new and innovative ways to provide a safe, convenient, and fun way for people to connect safely, but yet virtually with live classes and, and thought leaders around the world. Yes, I want to I want to go back to something you said earlier, though, and based on your your expertise, some of the things that strike me around this idea of stress and how it how it hits us. But I'm gonna I want to connect that with the food, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we, we get into this cycle, mm-hmm. right, where we get we get mentally stressed, we get mm-hmm. anxiety, we get challenged, and we start to eat badly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we make bad choices because we're trying to find that that feel good. Uh, Maybe like an immediate high, like food brings comfort yes. and it's good and it's yummy. And so it can give us an instant sensation of like joy and fulfillment. Mm. Maybe not for long term gain, but for, for that moment, it can give us that. No, the only long term gain is weight. <laughs> quite often right oh yeah oh yeah know about that for sure (laughs) so you mentioned your mom and dad and in our conversation before you talked about your dad being healthy and doing all that stuff but he he faced some health problems himself that were very unexpected right yeah 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 so it's interesting you know i say like because of my upbringing and my passion and the influences one huge one being my father, you know, my, my why is at an all time high, because when you see the implications of stress, you know, hit so close to home and hit your home, it, it's just kind of gives, it's, it's um, a game changer. So, you know, here it is, my father, vegetarian, pescatarian runner, um, naturally very lean. So always conscious of diet, to see my father, you know, have to experience and now survive a couple of strokes because of the stress levels, the mm. chronic stress levels of being an entrepreneur, business owner. Uh, we had a family government contracting business for uh, nearly 20 years. And so the years of sleepless nights and, you know, contracts and deadlines and payroll and, you know, all the stuff that goes wrong when you're an entrepreneur and a founder, all the things that I don't think are talked about enough, unless you're in a founder community, um, that takes its toll, even on those that are doing so many of the right things, right? Mm-hmm. And mo- most of us are not running marathons and most of us are not vegetarian, pescatarian and so you think about those things, and and my father ha- has a, a rare condition called PLS, primary lateral syndrome, um, and so it has other restrictive, you know, effects. And so he's certainly my hero because, like, you know, he still works out. He has a virtual trainer a couple times a week. If it weren't for COVID, he'd still be going to the gym. And so I really the positive about how much he conditioned his body is that he's 
weathering this better than most because of the muscle memory and the, the lifelong conditioning. However, it still is a game changer and it's um, altered, you know, his day to day. And I see that and I see, you know, the high blood pressure, the other things that is very commonplace, not only for many Americans, but especially for, you know, black people in this country. And sometimes we think that it's almost, we normalize it. But I want us to rethink normalizing, uh, just accepting these extreme stress levels and and having healthy outlets and choices in our self-care toolkit. So hopefully we can, one, be more self-aware, more mindful. Yeah. So when when you think about a lot of this stuff and, and you know, it happens when you have somebody who's very healthy, mm-hmm. he's doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. And genetics can just get in our way. Mm-hmm. However, to your point, I'm going to guess because he was healthy and took care of himself, that what his life is like today, well, first of all, he's alive. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so secondly, he has a life that has some level of fulfillment. And my dad, who passed away at 90 years old and mm. uh, a few years ago, but he was the first male to live past 60 in our family. Wow. Wow. Incredible. And when he, in his eighties, he always said, just keep moving, just keep moving. <laughs> you know, as soon yeah. as you stop moving, it's over. And, yeah. and it sounds like your dad is, is mo- still moving. He's and still moving. He's, yeah. He's got a habit <laughs> of that. And, you know, one of the things I can remember my mentor, Marshall Swift, who is a great man that uh, taught me a lot and this idea of stress and, and things. And he said, you had to have seven coping strategies to face stress. And if you don't have seven coping strategies, you, you tend to run out, you know, you mm-hmm. run out after three or four and you don't know what to do. And when you get analysis paralysis and you don't have any other options, that's when you really start, you can really become destructive. You start eating more, you're not exercising and all the things that you were doing to cope with stress before you stop doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a horrible uh, downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's important that we get creative and any time that we, I mean, well, be great to go to a spa for a day for, for a stress reliever, right? Oh, gosh, I mean, absolutely. Let's do yes, that. Let's do or, it. <laughs> or let's start a wellness program that gets us focused on some good things around what we do eat and, and how we eat, mm-hmm. not just what we eat, but how do we eat mm-hmm. and eating smaller meals multiple times a day rather than, you know, two big meals and so on. It just right. does make a difference with our body. Indeed. So it's having these coping strategies and, uh, you know, yeah. And I'm going to add more to that. We've got this pandemic. It's two years plus into this pandemic mm-hmm. and people are just tired. Yeah. They're just getting tired. And I think that when the, the work that you're doing in wellness and with the spa and going, you know, virtual, it just gives people another option to think about what they can do to overcome this stress. Now, I want to I want to make a point here because I, I remember very early on studying this in the Yale University Stress Center in New Haven, Connecticut. And I, I bring up my dad worked at Yale mm-hmm. and I remember seeing this and he says, Stress is, is based on three things, unpredictability, uncontrollability, mm-hmm. and sustainability. Mm-hmm. And through this pandemic, let's see, was it unpredictable? Yes. Was it uncontrollable? To a certain extent, yes. It's become more controllable now. Mm-hmm. Is it sustainable? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Typically, stress is one of those three. And with the pandemic, especially last year and the year before, it was all three. Yeah. 
we're starting to get a little bit of control. We're starting to get a little bit of understanding of where we're at, but it's every single day for two years and people yeah. are just getting tired. Absolutely. So what are, you, what are you doing for yourself? I mean, talk to me about, you're a health expert, you know, you've got all this <laughs> wellness going on. So what's Naya doing to overcome some of this? Help my audience understand what some, some coping strategies might be for you. What are you doing? Yeah. And I want to say like, you know, even if you are a health and wellness strategist, like I am, even if you're an author, even if you're, some may see it as an expert, we're not immune. We're going through this just like you are. We're stressed and exhausted and depleted just like you are and everyone else. So the beautiful thing is I say my work keeps me honest because it does keep me fully um, aware and engaged with my own self-care strategies. So I always like to, I believe I have to practice what I preach, right? So one of the things is I like to be very mindful about how I start and in my day. So I believe in bookending. So I'm, I'm very conscientious of how I even end my night before. And the reason I'm starting with the night before is because how we end our evening really has an impact on the rest that we receive or not, if it's restorative, if it's quality, and how we start our next day. So our next day doesn't start in the morning. It literally starts the night before. So, so how do you do that? Tell, talk to me about what, what, yeah, what do you do to end your day right? So a few things that I do. So you don't um, take a couple of shots of Johnny Walker is what I'm thinking. No, I don't. No. <laughs> That's okay. not a part of my toolkit. No, but okay. right. so, soaking in the tub. So I'm a I'm mm. a bath girl. Um, I love the tub. So soaking in the tub, um, turning off news, um, anxiety producing sort of content within 30 minutes or more of me going to bed really turning, putting my phone on do not disturb. So for me, my phone goes on do not disturb around 1030-ish and all the way up until about 630-ish to seven. And I and I'm, I modify it. I know that if I'm needing to wake up earlier or later, I'm going to push that back. It literally takes a few seconds. That way I don't have buzzes and vibrations and dings and all of these things that are constantly disruptive and anxiety producing and keeping me from getting the sleep that I need, which is important for us to even have strong immune health. So while we're sleeping is when we're restoring our antibodies. And so that is what our body needs, that time of complete rest, quiet, dark sleep without TVs on and blue lights on. So we really can restore and rejuvenate and build antibodies to fight off the colds and the COVID and the flus and all of these things. And then I start my morning off. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, hold yeah. Up. Yeah, because yeah. Th- th- this is so important it for is. people that are exhausted is to mm-hmm. get the right sleep, right? And and I want I want to I want to summarize some of this stuff because if people as you, as you talk about this is to help you rest, you 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 stop looking at the news early on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't even watch the news. I have news feeds and look for headlines now yeah. because yeah. I, I, I just you, you take a bath. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, maybe, you know, for some people, maybe they take a, a late hot shower to yeah. just kind of relax their body. The the phone thing, there's a couple of things I've heard about the phone. I do the same thing. I have it automatically set up to go do not disturb uh, from uh, 10 o'clock at night to eight in the morning. I just, oh, wow, you know, mm-hmm. and I tell all my friends and my clients, if you absolutely need to get a hold of me, call me twice and it'll get through. Yeah. If it's yeah. an emergency, call me yeah. twice and it'll get through the second time. That's the yeah. way the system works. Use the yeah. system. <laughs> One of the things that I've heard some people say is 
don't keep the phone next to your bed. Mm-hmm. Put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Let me know when you can do that because I can't do that yet. I've got five grandkids, a couple of sons, a lot of family, a bunch of clients. So I, I keep it next. Maybe when I'm retired, I'll be able to do that. But yeah. be cognizant of what you're doing with technology. And the other thing, a lot of people may not know this, but television and blue light, yeah, um, it stimulates the brain. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching TV before you're going to bed, Okay, then you're stimulating your brain and you're waking yourself up. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. now if you absolutely want to watch TV, I have a solution for you because (laughs) they have these glasses that cost like ten bucks, and you can you can wear them and it blocks out the blue light. So go for it. Okay, right, right. But try not to watch something like a cop show or something where people are killing each other and blowing things up and everything because you're stimulating your mind. You're not. To me, the best thing I do is I I read a book. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and like within about four minutes, I fall asleep. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Great have a story. What you're saying is have a strategy for have going strategy. to sleep. Don't yeah. just let it happen, right? Yeah. yeah, nighttime routine. Yeah, and so I also I use more lamp lighting, and I turn the lamp lighting down once it starts to get around nine o'clock, just to start to wind down my home, so mm. my home starts to go into me a more relaxed. You know, so we can be in tune with our circadian rhythm, which is what we want. So we have night and day for a reason. And so, but if we have everything on like high intensity from, you know, what's coming in on the television to this, the thing I want us to know too is blue light is the same blue light that's also in police sirens. So when you think about the jolt that that has mm. on the brain and the nervous system, the fight triggers. or flight, triggers. It's, it's triggering. Yeah. And, we, and we become kind of immune to it. Just because we've normalized something doesn't make it healthy. Mm. you know. And so that's the thing I also want people to understand, that it's extremely disruptive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, just because I love that. Just because we've normalized, it doesn't make it healthy. So, yeah. you're, well, I can, I can remember when I was a young man, this guy that smoked and I said, you're crazy for smoking. He said, well, it's because you never tried it. And I tried it and I coughed for 20 minutes. I'm like, you're saying this is good for your body. <laughs> right. And he goes, no, but you get used to it. Well, who wants to get used to killing themselves? <laughs> well, that's your point. Just because you normalize it doesn't make it healthy. I love that. So, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And I want to mention this too, as a, um, you know, prior life certified licensed massage therapist, and I don't practice anymore, but I know so much about the body from that part of my professional background. Soaking in the tub for me And for many, whether you're aware of it or not, it's really a form of hydrotherapy. Mm. It's an opportunity. You think about, oh, like, you know, if you're in rehab or if you're in a a place that has really a lot of amenities, they might even after a run or a stretch or this, have you go in the hot tub. Hydrotherapy is a very real sort of therapy. Mm. So you're actually able to soak. You're actually able to allow the muscles to uh, deconstrict and like a lot of our pain comes from the tightness, the overconstriction, the overworking. That's why we have knots. That's why we have tense shoulders. And so that's an opportunity for the whole body to just really be able to relax and have that level of soothing that's free. So I like to also give whole lifestyle strategies that don't cost anything that you can just incorporate into your day-to-day life. And that's a simple yeah, but you one. just convinced me I'm going to buy a hot tub. So there you uh, go. <laughs> add some essential oils. If you want to really make it a spa moment, add some essential oils, put on your Pandora, put on some meditation music. You can even light a candle. So all of that yeah. will take you an extra 
maybe two minutes, and now you yeah. have a spa aromatherapy bath. What I really like though is you you know you added this this thing about uh, lamp lighting and get, getting rid of the overhead lights, getting rid of that those bright overhead lights, and you yeah. start to kind of bring your body down. Yeah. As the sun goes down, we bring our, our lighting within the home down and and make it make it cozier, make it softer, yes. right? There you yeah. go. There you go. All right. So I I, I just got a great night's sleep. Good <laughs> night's sleep. Now, mm-hmm. how do I wake up? All right. So when you wake up. Definitely. The bookends apply to the evening and the morning. So as you wake up, we do not want to, soon as we wake up, turn on the TV. Some would say it's really best not to have a TV in your room. But if you have one in your room, keep it off. And what I do is I gratitude journal every morning. So every morning I gratitude journal. If I don't have, and most of my days are extremely busy. So most of the time it might be three minutes, two minutes, not a long time. I also recommend starting with something that's inspiring and uplifting in terms of your morning reading, not the newspaper, not the newsfeed. For me, it happens to be morning a morning scripture through my app. For you, it could be a poem. It could be an affirmation. And just taking a moment to take in a few cleansing breaths just say thank you for life, you know, just take a moment to really just take a mindful moment, a few cleansing breaths, and then just think about at least three things that you're grateful for. One of the things that I always like to share is I have been doing gratitude journaling for over a decade and it has never failed me yet because it is a paradigm shifter. And what happens is it causes neurogenesis. So it causes our brain to now start creating neuropathways in a direction of abundance and gratitude and seeing kind of what we do have versus what we don't have. And complaining does the same thing. We can get started and get on a rant. But when I start my gratitude journaling, even if it's hard for me to think of the first thing, and when I say hard, it might take an extra 10 seconds. But once I start that, like I literally will have a a page and a lot of times it's two. And Mm. unless I just don't have enough time, but my gratitude journal practice is usually about five minutes, sometimes Mm. 10. And in one day, I am able to think about, gosh, that was so nice. I got that call or, oh, that person didn't have to do that. And they bought my coffee or, oh, and you just start to think of all these things or, oh, I just got an opportunity to be on Gary's podcast. That was a great conversation. You just think about all of these things. Mm -hmm. And when we operate that way, it's really a magnet for more blessings, you know, because it, it, it also studies show that it increases and enhances our relationships personally and professionally, because now we're extending that spirit of gratitude to everyone around us. And it's just a game changer in a positive way. So that's one of the things that I do. Um, And then I'll make a cup of tea. So I'll make a cup of tea either right before or after. And I usually, I don't get this in every morning, but I'll try to get it either a walk, a neighborhood walk, or work out um, in my home wellness room, or do a workout with my with my trainer, or I'll take one of our classes on our uh, Utopia platform. So again, these things I always try to think of things that are easy lifts that you don't have to have a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money, but fifteen minutes to thirty minutes, it, mm. it can do the it can do the trick. Yeah, and it, it's it's self care, right? It's, it's self care. Um, so I want to go back to the uh, the, the gratitude. Uh, Dr. Martin Seligman is the father of positive psychology. In his book, Flourish, which he mm-hmm. wrote in 2011, he talks about taking time at the end of the day to write down three things that went well. Yeah. And to write why 
they went well. Mm, I love that. And the key to is to, is in the why, because what you find often is you contributed something. You made a call a month ago. You sent a letter. You uh, did an act of kindness. Something that went well, it worked for you. And you find that you took some action somewhere along the way that you can then appreciate yourself for having taken that action to create something that went well. And to your point, at the same time, waking up in the morning and having your, your gratitude journal is we forget. We forget what went well yesterday. We yeah. forget what we're grateful for because our brain is, is it's engineered to see the negative. It's engineered mm-hmm. for security and for safety. Mm-hmm. And we let ourselves go down that rabbit hole uh, nowadays to the, to the negative instead of being grateful for the things that we have. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm really happy to hear what you, you've taken to another level by journaling every day. And it just, boy, you talk about uplifting and, and thinking about what am I grateful for today? Yeah. And I can yeah. remember some Buddhist monk, some Buddhist monks talking about this and they say, find the smallest thing. The smallest. Yeah. And I would walk outside and I go, that is a beautiful blade of grass. You really did. <laughs> you yeah, really it, did find the yeah. smallest thing. Because I thought you were going to say something I do. I find that happens. I'll go outside and I will just love the smell of just yes. outside. You know, or like I'll go to get something out the car at night and I'm like, oh my gosh, it just feels so good out here. And it just smells so good out here. You smell the trees and you know what I mean? And so that's my smallest thing, but I have not yet gotten to the point where I appreciate the blade of grass, but I'm going to work on that. It's, <laughs> that oh, it's not just, oh no, no, it's not just any blade of grass. It's, it's, it's the blade of grass. The, it's beautiful. It's the blade of grass. I'm not going to tell you I which love one. That. Okay. Um, I love that. But though. to your point, and you've, you've kind of talked around this with mindfulness and it's when we're mindful of those things that we can be grateful for, we become more mindful of those people we interact with. We -hmm. become more understanding and compassionate and thoughtful of what they're going through. I don't need to focus on myself. I'm okay. Now I've taken care of myself. Now I can focus on those around me, whether it's my team, my clients or my, my family or friends. Don't you find that like for your business, that when you if you if you run into some tough times, if you run into a challenge with an employee or with with a uh, an investor or whatever it might mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. that you find yourself to be so much more grounded and patient because oh of gosh. all these things that you do, right? Yeah, yeah. It's actually, and you're you're so right. I am a huge practitioner of mindfulness. It's made my self talk so much more um, powerful and positive. And so I literally find myself saying this, Gary, I literally find myself saying like, you know what? You did good today. (laughs) Like I'm talking to, you know, a friend or my nieces. I literally find myself doing that because we have to give ourselves sometimes a pat on the back and say, you know what? You have like been going through a lot like everybody else and you still managed to crank that out. And yeah, it didn't happen on Friday the way you thought, but it's Tuesday and you did it, you know? And so it does make you more compassionate because I can't really be very compassionate towards other people if I'm not compassionate towards myself, you know? You can't so, give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And so it it does elevate the relationship with self and others. And, and realizing also what it does too is it helps us to recognize that, even when things don't go our way, there's something else going our way. And, it's, and at the end of the day, as long as we continue to show up, 
things are going to go up, you know, and, and it's not always exactly what we thought. So it, it is that employee that has a rough day or they're dealing with COVID and they're not showing up or the conversation with the investor didn't go as planned or we felt like we were not as prepared or we're beating ourselves up. It helps us to get re-anchored in all that has gone well and has gone right. And sometimes when we least expect it. And, you know, to bring this home, when I got that call for Google for Startups Black Founders Fund award, I was not expecting it. And when I tell you I was so exhausted that week, I was so exhausted that week. And so, Mm. I mean, I was like, like just. You know, many entrepreneurs would go through our modes where we're just on fumes. We're tired because we're working relentlessly. And so when I got that, I was just blown away. And I also thought about the call that I had right before from a founder friend that just called to say, hey, checking in. How can I help? How can I support you? And that's something that all of these things weigh so heavy. They, 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 in a good way, like I value them so much, just the phone call, just the support, just the community. And those things, you'll notice that even if that thing didn't happen, this whole other thing happened. It's like game changing. And so that's what life has taught me to just keep my eye out on the prize because they're always happening. They're always happening. I also want to share something else that I do each and every day, even on my relaxed day, which is Sunday, every day, I, I I love Google Keep. I do a Google Keep and I write down what it is that I'm going to do that day. And so every day I have a to-do list. So if you can, I have a, and I have my, and I love my little check marks, but my gratitude journaling is on there. My devotional time is on there. And then I also have my morning tasks, my afternoon, my evening, even if it's calling my parents that gets on there, just like getting out the emails get on there or going for the walk. Get, it's on there. So as all the distractions are coming and the exhaustion is happening, I have something to anchor me in. What are my intentions for this day? What do I want to make sure comes out of this day? And even if all of it doesn't happen, a lot of it happens. And so it's still a fruitful day and I'm still showing up for myself and putting some sort of intention and path and effort into directing my my day, which is a part of my life, in the direction in which I want it to go. Instead of letting like life just happen and blow me to and from, is creating some desired outcomes, some goals each and every day. Yeah, living living intentionally. I mean, it's, yeah. so th- these simple these these simple habits and practices yeah. we sometimes get away from. We think that oh, it's got to be complicated, but let's let's put this together for a second. All right, having a to do list keeps you mm-hmm. focused on the priorities. Mm-hmm. If you start with the most important priorities and those are the only things you get done that day, you've gotten the most important things done. Mm-hmm. In order to be happy, Martin Seligman again said that there's five things that keep us happy. Okay, mm-hmm. five things. Positive mm-hmm. emotions, positive relationships, mm-hmm. a sense of purpose or mission, a yeah. feeling of like being in the zone, you know, just locking out time and just getting stuff done and being in the zone. And yes. the fifth is accomplishment. And as mm-hmm. entrepreneurs... What you're doing is you're you are recognizing and appreciating your own accomplishments by having a to-do list. I got this yeah. accomplished. And yeah. then months from now, you can look back on all this and you can see how you closed the big deal, how you yeah. built the, your business big enough to hire a couple more employees, whatever it might be. You can look at those things and say, this went well because of all of these little things that I put together. 
And the point I want to make is this, is life is about focusing on the process of life, not mm-hmm. on about the goal of life. Yeah. It's, it's living your mission. You said this mm-hmm. earlier, living my mission and taking it down to that daily process of the to-do list. And why do I do the to-do list? Because I got to get stuff done. And mm-hmm. I have faith that if I get these things done and stick to it as an entrepreneur, stick to it, stick to yeah. it, stick to it with go. my vision and my energy and my, my, my belief, you know, what's going to happen success. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. And, it is. And by the way, who else, who else says you did a great job? Nobody, nobody tells the CEO <laughs> you did a great job. Nobody tells the entrepreneur you're awesome. You're great. You know, I was just meeting. So you'll appreciate this. I was just meeting with a uh, past client. He was mm-hmm. in our leadership program a couple of years ago. He's moved on to another company and he's called us with this other company to hire us. And I have to tell you, he did not say, uh, Dr. Gary, you did an awesome job with us. He did not say that. Mm-hmm. His coach was my good friend, Bill. Okay. And he says, Bill, you did such a great job. you know. <laughs> and I just <laughs> love it because I'm giving other people the opportunity to step up and, and, and live their mission, yes. which I know that you're doing as well with the work that you're doing. So it all kind of comes together, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's living life by design and not by default. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to wrap up with my, with my favorite last question. Yes. And, and, and I don't know if I, if I shared this with you and we talked, <laughs> get ready because right. it's my favorite question. Okay. If you could write yourself a letter and send it back to you 10 or 20 years ago, what would that letter tell Naya? Wow. If I could write myself a letter and send it back yeah. 10 or 20, it has to be 10 because I'm only 21. So <laughs> let me think about that. Gosh, I think I would tell myself to really pursue my passions, my purpose, mm-hmm. um, not get distracted by the expectations that I think the world has of me, but to be true mm. to my purpose, my mission, my calling, and to really dig deep to explore that earlier rather than later. Mm. Because so many of us are living life by default and we, you know, we're on the, on the, on the hamster wheel in a, in a way, you know, you go to, some of us should go to college so you can graduate so you can get this job, which yes, that's great. And I learned a lot from it. I, at the same time, I could have accelerated um, I think my path of mm. being more in tune with my own self-discovery and listening to who I was created to be and operating more fully in that maybe sooner. Yeah. So that's probably what I would, and don't be afraid to just kind of step outside what seems like the box. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people would would agree with that. It's uh, and it really what it comes down to is is be aware mm-hmm. and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What would we do if we were not afraid? That's the question. We'll do yeah. that. Do that. So, yeah. in all my podcasts, one of the things I try to do is I try to pull something out of someone that that is going to be the title of this podcast, and I think I have it for you. Okay. okay. You you, re- you ready? I want to hear it. I'm excited. Just because we normalize things doesn't make it healthy. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I about everything that you say. It's mm-hmm. like break out of 
your habits, break out of your normalization, open your mind to some other good habits that mm-hmm. are going to serve you from learning a few things about how to get ready for bed, to sleep better, mm-hmm. how to wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. how to take control of technology mm-hmm. and spend time on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, yes. And one of the things that you talked about in those five things that make people happy is relationships. So having positive life-giving relationships, it yeah. makes a huge difference. Taking an inventory. And I always say relationships are like uh, formulas. So they're either adding to us or taking away they're multiplying or dividing. And so, you know, we want to be thinking about how we are adding and multiplying. And if we are subtracting and dividing, let's go ahead and change that. Yeah. And let's pay attention to who we have in our lives and being intentional about spending more time being additive and adding those that are additive versus those that are taking away. Because life is about, it's about our relationships really more yeah. than anything else. Even my business is about empowering people. It's about the people factor. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, so I'm going to finish up with, and people have heard me say this many times, our definition of leadership is the ability to build relationships so we can achieve our goals together with compassionate accountability. Yeah, It starts with building relationships. It does. Because why would people follow? And I'm going to say this, being a little bit older than you, can't, <laughs> yeah, I can say that those people that are not adding to my life, they come to a closed door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let them suck the energy out of me anymore. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Naya Powell, CEO of USGW, Utopia Spot and Global Wellness. I want to thank you today for sharing your thoughts, your wisdoms, your ideas. I love what you do to go to sleep at night, wake up in the morning. I'm going to, I'm going to take some of those and apply them myself. So Please do. so much. <laughs> this was great. We will put information in the show notes to be able to contact you so that people can find you and Utopia Spa. Thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you so much, Gary. It was a pleasure. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks for listening to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care, be well, and be great. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit petercats.com.